Well, we have an interview today live in the studio with us, and I always enjoy being able to visit with uh, area pastors. And today we have in the studio with us a uh, pastor of the Cambria Christian Church. They have a program here on WXAN on Sunday evenings. It's Pastor Jeff Wiggs. Jeff, it's good to see you. The invitation. I'm happy to be back here. Now I turn your microphone on one second too late, and uh, audience, forgive me for that. But Jeff Wiggs is with us here, and that was my fault and not his. Well, let's um, begin with the kind of typical questions for folks who uh, don't know or aren't familiar with uh, Jeff Wiggs and Cambria Christian Church. How long have you been pastoring Cambria Christian Church? My wife and I and, and our two boys started uh, there eight years ago in February, so mm-hmm. we just uh, celebrated our eighth anniversary. And uh, what sort of church is Cambria Christian Church? Cambria Christian is uh, an independent Christian church. And would it uh, look like a Baptist church in uh, the way that the services are performed? Would it look like a non-denominational church if someone was there on Sunday morning? How would you describe that? I think it would be sort of a mix, probably. It uh, would look somewhat like Baptist service, uh, independent, or, or just about any, um, I guess, a mix. It's not real formal, but, mm-hmm. but, there, but there is some, uh, some formality in it. Uh, sure. It's hard to describe. I've been there so long, it's all I see. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it looks like Sunday morning service. It does. <laughs> Understood. Now, your faith journey... Um, well, you haven't been a lifelong pastor. You worked in the oil fields and mm-hmm. building power plants. How did you come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, I think it's always a journey, and, and we don't know every little bit that affects us, but certainly started in my childhood with uh, being taken to church and then as a teenager getting away and, and leaving the area, uh, going out west, working in construction oil fields, it came to a head in Virginia, Lynchburg, Virginia, in uh, 1992. And I, I think a lot of it had to do with, I, I was on a job. I was an electrical general foreman. We had a power plant to build. And a young man came on the job during the summer looking for some extra work. And he was a student of Liberty University studying to be a pastor. And his witness to us was, was really exceptional. Uh, you've been around construction or understand you know it can be a rough crowd and we all traveled the country together so uh, this young man was really an example of, of a Christ follower so he he, he just b- basically loved on us we weren't very lovable and he invited us to church each week he, he would try to talk to us about Christ and and uh, he told us he prayed for us every week and none of us really responded much but I I don't know. It was something, Will, it just caused me to realize that my life really didn't have the kind of meaning Donnie's did. And and I was just kind of pretending in part, you know, trying to make life look good. But I was really missing who I was. Yeah. And he knew who he was. He knew what his purpose was. He knew what he was called to do. And uh, he was just full of joy, you know. And uh, that, that really started... Uh, you know some events that took about two or three months to come to a head but it ended up me on 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 my face on a hardwood floor in an old house in lynchburg virginia crying out to god and just uh i knew it in my head like like a lot of people do 
it had never made any difference until that night. And I, I just surrendered my life and said, take it. I was 28 years old, and uh, I'll follow. And so I've, I've stumbled along ever since. I didn't know it would result in going to Liberty University and uh, going to college, getting a degree, or even pastoring. But that's been, that's been part of the journey. You said Donnie. Was that his name? That was his name. Have you, do you have any idea whatever happened to him? No, I do know this. Uh, he, he was trying to make enough money. He was paying his way through Bible college. He was from Texas. And at the end of that job that summer, he wasn't going to be able to continue with school, and he was headed back to Texas. In fact, I helped him load his tools up, took him up to the parking lot, and bid him farewell. And then later on, you know, it was probably a year or so, I tried to, to find out where he was, get in touch with him. I've tried periodically ever since, especially with Internet and Facebook. Sure. And, and I haven't found him. Because when I graduated Liberty University with a, with a Bible degree, which is what he was trying to do, you could get some certificates. And I just barely had enough money. I got four certificates for people that really were um, made a big difference and, and you know, caused me to, to be where I was. And one was to him. I still have it. Yeah. And I've tried to, to find him to get it to him ever since. But he left there, Will, probably not thinking he made much of a difference. But he did. But he did. And I went from there and started inviting all the guys to church and wound up on a <laughs> – it was on a bring a friend to church Sunday. Yeah. I had a whole row, uh, <laughs> leather jacket, Harley riders. I mean, I had him right there. And so – uh, and, and, I, and I often think what God has done through my life had so much to do with Donnie's witness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can just feel the Spirit of God whenever you tell that story. That's, that's a very powerful story, and that young man did have a powerful witness, and I'm sure he's probably touched a lot of people other than just you that he doesn't even realize. Yeah. And maybe that's the case for all of us, we hope, right? Yes. Yes. As, as Christians and pastors and community leaders mm -hmm. or whatever. So in the studio with me today is Jeff Wiggs, the pastor of Cambria Christian Church. Um, I noticed a couple things on the church's Facebook page lately. You guys are uh, busy. Uh, you have raised a bunch of food for a food drive. You've added a new building for your youth ministry. You've got a um, wild game feed coming up this Saturday. There's a lot going on at Cambria Christian Church. There is. We think back over the last eight years, Will, and it's just amazing, you know, what God has done. We started with about 14 people, uh, older folks, and there hadn't been young families or kids in the church for a long time. If you can imagine, um, parking lot was kind of grown up with grass. The classrooms had uh, just storage, and some of it was storage from uh, from the folks' homes. They ran out of room at home, and so... Uh, use use a classroom. The church was doubling as a storage unit. It, it, it was, but there was a group of people who who had a desire and passion for God to revive that church. It was probably close to to closing, uh, sadly. But uh, uh, we got together, prayed together, and and started off on a new uh, venture, following Christ. And and they they all made the changes that were necessary. You know, a lot of a lot of churches that died just aren't able to to change, to adjust, um, to reach, you know, the folks in their time. And, and they did the hard things. So uh, it's been a, been a great journey, and a lot is happening. We've grown 
Our, our Sunday mornings, we have close to 160 now in service. We have two services. From 14 to 160. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yeah. high percentage growth. It, it is. And even through this whole COVID era, we, we continue to grow. It, it's pretty amazing. Even when we were, like most churches around here, forced to shut down for a few weeks, it just hasn't stopped. And that's presented the challenges because when the church was built, the building was only built 25 years ago, but it was kind of built to handle, you know, 80 or so. And so we, we have pushed ourselves out of room. We've uh, we bought two uh, pieces of property next to the church and one house we, we kept. That's our senior youth ministry, junior, senior high youth ministry. They use that house. Um, we remodeled a storage building to make more room. And now we have a lot we're planning on adding on to the church. That's our next uh, next venture. But until then, we needed some more room. So we purchased that, that building you're referring to. And it's uh, it's a log cabin style with a porch. It's, it's just looked cool. Yeah, so, it did. <laughs> and nice thing. Yeah, we're going to work on that lot and make it a place for um, cookouts. We're going to put a big, you know, covered uh, building there and have picnic tables and just for kind of everyone to get together because with two services we have people that don't get to meet each other it's sort of a challenge so pastor jeff wiggs with us from cambria christian church so we said we talk about the fact that your church has grown and you're doing things in the community and uh, there seems to be some life and, and vibrance there you also talked about the church adapting and changing and there seems to be something happening in america where a church like yours has grown, but when you look at the nationwide statistics, there are a lot of churches that are closing. You have denominations like the United Methodists that are splintering in the middle around, you know, um, sexual issues and, and how the Bible uh, views those relationships. And so I see a lot of Christians who are very pessimistic. Um you know, wishing for some other day and time whenever the church was not what it is today. Um, so should everyday ordinary Christians be encouraged today, or how can they be encouraged if they're not? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are encouraged. You know, we can we can look around at the day we're in, the culture we're in, and find reason to be discouraged. But we're here for a purpose, and it's important to, to remember that. We are ambassadors for Christ. We're here representing our King, and we have a mission that's clear. And I think, you know, one, staying true to that mission. Uh, for example, we renewed our mission statement early on when we were trying to define ourselves, and it's really summed up in three words, worship, purpose, and fellowship. Where God is worshiped, where purpose is discovered, and where families come together. So. It's, it's simply, it's a simple formula, Will. It's keeping Christ first, his word first, and not straying from it. And, you know, it is confronting our issues with the truth lovingly, but not, not giving in to them. And I think today, more than ever in my lifetime, there's more people seeking the truth in the midst of a world full of lies. And they see it crumbling. They see the effects on their lives, the suffering that's taking place. And I think more people have have come to Cambridge Christian Church and other churches because they simply want to know the truth, and that's found in the Word of God. 
Yeah, people want to find something that's deeper and more stable than Instagram or Facebook or sound bites are the things that are used to adorn what ultimately is what corrupts the soul. You know, the, those things that are so prevalent and popular today are the sugar that creates the cavities in people's souls. And it just, it's such a slow erosion, um, but it's more insidious, insidious today than ever, I think. I mean, there used to be a real clear line between decent and indecent, I think, and most people were on the same page. But I don't think that there's as much clear delineation, and it makes it harder for Christians to figure out, like, where am I supposed to go and where am I not? Like, what cartoons are my should my kids engage in and what should they not? And, like, just there's so many landmines in society to have mm-hmm. to navigate. Yes. It's just harder all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure that you see that in, in your own congregation at times. Well, that's that's a constant part of the, the battle here on Earth, and we all— you know, we experience that. But I think one thing you said is our society used to support those clear lines and, and biblical values. So as that is lessened, as a society has become more ungodly and this free-for-all attitude and not only, uh, you know, try it, but really forcing it upon right. even our youngest. And so it goes back to, to the Word of God. Say Galatians, for example, Uh, chapter 6, 7, and 8. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you're going to reap life. Now, society can say this is okay to do. Uh, Somebody does it, but it ends up hurting them, causing suffering. And so you have a variety of people suffering, and they're trying to find the healing for that. And and it comes back to the Word of God. So we, we take each other where we are, and then and build a relationship to lead to Jesus Christ, because no matter what the suffering is, no matter uh, what is taking place or has taken place in somebody's life, Christ is the answer. And he is, he's the one that's brought us back to God through him. And that's where we begin to find out uh, and to find and experience the healing and the love and everything we're, we're really searching for. So all of this stuff is just a deviation tactic of Satan to keep people away from what they're really searching for, what they're really needing. And that's the love and grace of God in their life. We're going to continue our conversation this afternoon with Pastor Jeff Wiggs from the Cambria Christian Church in about three minutes. It's 12.25. Coming up at 1 o'clock, we'll have Jay Seculo Radio. Pastor Wiggs and I were trading uh, advice about how to trap skunks during the commercial break. We've had a couple living under the radio station, and... uh, present some challenges so anyway for all of your um ministry and skunk removal needs you can call will stevens and jeff wiggs absolutely (laughs) between between the two of us we'll we'll get get a solution for you um can you drag that microphone up just a little bit if possible i think the whole thing can just come up there you go perfect um i wanted to play a little bit of Ask the pastor with you. I think you've even been on that program, haven't you? I have. It's been quite a while, but a few times I was on. I um, think people kind of get something out of this whenever I just rattle off a few questions that I think are are of of interest. 
Uh, one of the things that I have heard asked on that program in the past, and I think different, you know, people come into it from different perspectives, but are the miracles, are the miraculous stories in the Bible meant to be taken literally? I believe so. Absolutely. Are there things in the Bible that are meant to be taken as metaphorically or allegorically or however you want to define that? There's some of those, too. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in terms of everything in the Bible that it talks about when Jesus walks on the water, when he heals people, those things are literal. Yes. Mm -hmm. is, can you, is there an example of something that would be metaphorical to you in the Bible? When I think about that, I think of some of the, the book of Revelation, and uh, which is still difficult to, to completely understand. But uh, it, it appears that some of those things that like John is describing are, are in a way trying to describe something he doesn't really completely understand. So uh, I think some of that may be metaphorical. Sure. Yeah. Um, one of the other questions that I've asked many pastors over the years is just in the Lord's Prayer, um, it talks about lead us not into temptation. And so I had someone ask me one time, and I've never had a good answer for this, um, why would the Lord lead someone into temptation, or is that not the right um, way to understand what Christ is saying there? I have I've not understood it as saying God can lead us into temptation, so we're asking him not to. It is, to me, a prayer of protection from temptation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of uh, Peter, for example, whenever Jesus told him, Satan is wanting to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. So I, I don't think God leads any of us in, into temptation to sin. Uh, that, isn't, that isn't God's character at all. But uh, uh, protection is certainly something we need. You know, I think a lot of us don't realize how much of this life is a spiritual warfare. Yeah. That's not seen with the eye. And we sometimes, oftentimes, fail to be, uh, to have ourselves protected from that, to be aware, to be prayed, uh, pray over a family, just take off. And uh, sometimes, you know, it gets rough. So uh, I love the Lord's Prayer. I, I pray it often, even when I can't think of maybe something exactly yeah. to pray and just break that down. And I love it because it starts off with, with God and focus on God and praying for God's will in our life where a lot of times we just start off praying for our immediate needs and difficulties and so forth. Sure. Pastor Jeff Wiggs is with us in the studio today. Um, how should Christians engage in political things? Well, we should be involved in wherever God has us in this life. And wherever we are, we should be his representatives and be Christians. And uh, for too long, I think we're we, we just sit back and aren't vocal about standing up against uh, the rise of, of evil. And so if we don't stand up, then evil just continues to rise. I think uh, darkness needs to be confronted with truth always with uh, you know, a heart of love. So it's important for people to hear the truth because a lot of people, I think, haven't heard the truth before. Or, you know, we're, we're growing in the number of people in this country who've never attended church or don't attend church. I think we're almost under the 50% of people who do. So there's a great need for the truth to be spoken. Sure. Is there a danger in people trying to replace 
their faith with a faith in politics? I mean, because what I maybe can dig a little deeper into that. Sometimes I feel like in today's culture, Christians want to elect a politician to implement a Christian culture through governmental law, but they don't want to do the hard work uh, that it takes at the very ground level to, you know, witness to their neighbor. But they're more than happy to, you know, talk about how we need to elect this politician or that politician so that things can be back to the way they were. There seems to be a disconnect there that I see. I see that. You know, there's something I think it's important to, to keep in mind. You can't legislate righteousness. You know, government's not our savior. The The change in a, in a culture, the change in a government comes through people's hearts being changed by Christ. So witnessing and living out the Christian life, allowing Christ to live through us, through the Holy Spirit, and being a witness. That's what Jesus told us to do, be my witnesses. And if we, could, if we do that effectively, then that transforms lives, that multiplies. If we have slacked on that over a number of years, well, then the opposite's going to happen. I think we're seeing that. Right. And, and so when I think about politics, you know, we, um, we're not going to win the battle. That, the battle is a spiritual warfare. And if we can take lessons from Israel, how they went through a cycle of turning away from God, it was their, their own doing. It was complacency uh, that gave in to outright sin and rebellion. And then the suffering came from it, you know. And, and I think we could look at America in one hand and see how we have, as Christians, kind of brought about some of the issues here by getting getting slack, you know, giving in. Um, Be sure to vote and express yourself, but don't forsake your own responsibility. Right. Our first responsibility is is being witnesses to Christ, making disciples. And if we focus on that, that'll make the better, bigger difference. Pastor Jeff Wiggs is with us today. Your service times are when? They're 9 o'clock and 10.30 on Sunday morning, then Wednesday evening at, at 6. We have a meal at 5 o'clock on Wednesday evening, and then 6, we have classes for all ages. And uh, I suppose you went to two services at the start of the pandemic, correct? We did. Actually, it was strategic because we were pushing the limits of our of our seating yeah. and making a change in splitting services is kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that I saw an opportunity when COVID hit uh, to say, look, we can make more room. We can spread apart. And everybody, everybody was for it. Right. And then the, the questions would come up, well, when are we going back? Well, we continued to grow and we quickly got past that number where, well, we, we can't go back. Right. And then those two services have, have filled up. Uh, so we're, we're still, um, pushing out and, and needing more more space we have a new challenge I, I don't know what would be next another service i suppose and th- that's not the best answer we're we're praying that we can add on build a big enough sanctuary to have one service again are they going to clone you if they add another service i mean how many services are you going to be <laughs> well you know some pastors do three four five <laughs> uh, it, it's tough you know yeah. but the, the hard part and really um seeing seeing people step up and because with two services, we have children's church at the same time, so we need more teachers, and you know, and and, and sometimes the volunteer help 
can be a challenge. But yeah. it's, it's been su- such a blessing. We have so many people that serve in so many ways that uh, it's really not hard on my part. You know, um, my wife has so much to do with with organizing and and uh, especially the children's ministry and and she does worship, leads worship, and so uh, it's kind of fun in a way to have like two different services. You got. You got the early morning, and usually that's more of our older folks. They're up. They want to go ahead and yeah. go to church and then and then beat everybody to Cracker Barrel. So right. <laughs> then we have our 1030, which is more of our young families and kids. And uh, the, only, the only negative part is we just don't have everybody getting to know each other, you know, at the same time. Right, right. So that's a challenge. Do you follow a certain liturgical calendar? Obviously, there's Easter and Christmas, and there's the various things that— almost all Christian churches follow, but beyond that, uh, in in February, do you know what you're going to preach in August? Oh, no. Um, I'm constantly praying and seeking what God's message is week to week, and much of it will has to do with just what God's doing in my life, what I'm, how I'm growing, what I'm experiencing. I, I look at scriptures differently than I did five years ago. You know, I understand things better, and so uh, some of it is is scriptures i've preached on before and i look back and say well that was a mess like that could be done a lot better <laughs> so <laughs> i'll refurbish that and uh but it, it has so much to do with what's going on in life you know some of it has to do with uh, helping our people address you know some of the issues they're faced with and taking scripture and saying here's what god says it's giving support and guidance to a lot of decisions that are being made especially with schools for example and uh, what's going on in our public schools as far as what's being forced upon the kids and the teachers. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's not being afraid to address whatever needs to be discussed from a biblical standpoint. Jeff Wiggs is with us. We'll take another break and we'll be back with more right after this. It's 20 till the top of the hour, coming up at 1J Seculo Radio. Pastor Wiggs and I um, chuckling about various things that J. Vernon McGee has preached over the years, and his program is here on WXA in weekdays at 11 a.m. through the Bible. You know, here's a good question. You mentioned J. Vernon McGee as we were talking. Who have been the faith leaders, preachers, people that have formed the way that you pastor or preach i mean i know you just mentioned jay vernon mcgee but you know you you think about that and you have you have those who uh, directly impacted your life for example when i gave my life to christ and started attending a church in lynchburg virginia it was a a large church and so there was a lot of bible teachers there was a bible university college so you had a lot of knowledgeable people that would make an impact on your life but Outside of that, J. Vernon McGee was one of the first ones, and I think one of the reasons is when I was a little kid, I would go in my grandparents' house in Craneville, Illinois, and around a certain time of day, they would be sitting at their little kitchen table listening to some guy that sounded funny on the radio. Yeah. Well, later I find out that was J. Vernon McGee, and they had this stack of little books, so every time he went into a new book of the Bible, they would order it, and they had the whole series. And later, when I realized at my conversion, I, I started turning on Christian radio and was introduced to, to J. Vernon McGee right away and, and loved his teaching. 
I don't know, I could understand it. I learned so much. Yeah. And then my grandmother in a conversation said, well, we have all those books. And so before she passed away, she gave me all their collection of J. Vernon McGee books. And, uh, and I have those to this day. But, but there's, there's been a lot of different, you know, pastors, preachers that are on a national platform. You know, sure. that I listen to various ones. And I, I glean something. And I think sometimes when I think about a sermon, for example, it's like little bits and pieces of everybody I've, I've listened to and even studied, you know, in, in Bible commentaries, you know, Matthew Henry and a lot of those. Uh, there's just all a little bit of, of everything kind of sifts in there. So let's say somebody has thought about going into the pastorate, but they're in a job, it pays the bills, they like the job, and they have this kind of nagging pull on them, but they just aren't really sure because that's a, it's a big step. I think the number one people thing people think whenever that is in their mind they think to themselves well you know people know who i am and who would ever come hear me preach because they know what i did in my 20s or they know what you know happened with my divorce or or maybe there's just some sin in their life that they just don't want to give up and they feel like they'd have to do that to to preach what do you say to that type of person well, I share a personal testimony. I was at that spot in 1994. I had worked for years in construction, and my goal was to be an electrical maintenance guy on a power plant. Uh, we traveled building them, and I wanted to stay there, uh, retire from there, and I finally attained that in, in Virginia. At the same time, there's this stirring going on in my heart as a, as a new Christian, two years into being a Christian, that God was wanting me to do something else. And I I wrestled with that because I, I thought all the same things you said, you know, God, look at my, there's better people to choose from, but it just wouldn't go away. And one Sunday morning at church, uh, Squire Parsons was there. He was singing that morning and the invitation song he sang was great as I faithfulness and will, but I had no intention of going forward, but when the invitation was given, I was moving. And the, the, what I was, was doing was saying, I'm surrendering whatever it is God wants. And at that point it wasn't, I didn't know what it was. And the next morning, uh, in, in my mind with math, I said, there's no way. I, you know, I felt God was telling me to go to this school, and I had this job. It paid the bills. You know, it just didn't work out. Uh, so the next morning, I finally gave in. I called in sick, which that, that's not a good thing to do in the morning after you go forward in church, but I did, and went out to that university. And it was, it was like a city. And, and what I was thinking was, I'll go out here and just find out that it really wouldn't work out at all. Yeah. And so I'm driving around this place. I finally find a parking spot in front of some building. I walk in the door. There's a hallway. It goes right and left. I turn left, took a few steps, and I heard a voice say, hey, I know you. I didn't know anybody really at that point, but it was a man from church who had, I guess, been watching me. And I recognized him as Barry Armstrong. He's saying in the worship you know, band. And he said, come into my office. I know why you're here. Wow. I said, why am I here? He said, God's <laughs> calling you to go to this school and into ministry. And I said, yes, but it's just not possible. Here's the reasons. He said, you know what I do? I said, I don't have any idea. He said, I give out scholarships. Hmm. And so we sat down, Will, and he took a stack. And finally he said, how well did you do in high school? 
I said, just go ahead and move those out of the way. I'm not going to get one for that. And it came down to, he said, some people give, and they say, if we see somebody, we really know God's working in their heart, and they just kind of don't fit in anywhere else, and that was me, we can give them a scholarship. And in 30 minutes, I, I was, I'd filled out the application. I had a scholarship for Liberty University where I could work part-time, and, and it was a go. So that fall, I started school. So I think the answer is take the step. Trust yeah. God. Don't trust your own self. Don't even trust sometimes the advice of others because I had Christians telling me this, this isn't probably wise, but I knew there was something God was leading me to. I could, I could sit there and tell you the rest of the story of miracle after miracle to me that just continued as I followed him and stepped out on faith, he always came through. Squire Parsons, you mentioned him and, uh, you know, giving that testimony. Squire Parsons was such a friend to this radio station in the 1980s that he would he came here three years in a row and went uh, Christmas caroling with Harold and Carlene Lauder door to door around southern Illinois with them That's for two or three days at a time. And so I, I think about uh, that when you, you brought that up. Uh, we got to get the last break of the day in, and we'll be back to wrap it up right after this. Till the top of the hour one o'clock and uh, of course we have jay seculo radio coming up and the topic uh coming up on jay seculo radio big victory against the national archives this is an interesting story there was a group of uh, pro-life students who had been in washington dc for the march for life after that event was over they decided they'd go into the uh, national archives and the smithsonian just to take a tour and be tourists. And they all had on blue sock hats that said pro-life on them. And they were all told they either had to take off their sock hats or leave. And so um, the ACLJ and Jay Seculo sent several demand letters, and I'm sure today they're going to be following up on um, what at the very least is going to be a uh, uh, apology and perhaps an injunction prohibiting further targeting of pro-life folks. So that's what's coming up today at uh, 1 o'clock. Pastor Wiggs, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Will. Glad to be here. You've got an event uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. at the church? We do. It's our annual men's wild game dinner. And, uh, of course, that means a assortment of all sorts of wild dishes. It's, it's just about anything you could imagine. We have new things each year that you would not think edible, but... Uh, last year we had beaver for the first time. And wow! I never thought of eating a beaver, but it was a roast mm -hmm. and uh, very, very good. So we'll have everything you can imagine, and um, we have a great time. It's uh, it's a really great time of fellowship, and so I invite anybody who would like to come to Camry Christian Church Saturday at at six p.m. And you don't necessarily have to bring anything. If this is just spur of the moment, come on over. And we'd welcome you in to enjoy the wild game meal. We sample a lot of things, and uh, and we always have someone or, or more than someone share testimonies. And so it's uh, it's a really great time. Awesome. And service times again are when Sunday morning, nine a.m. and ten thirty a.m. Before each service, we have a full breakfast 
Uh, and so you can come earlier, half hour early before service, and enjoy breakfast and then uh, stay for service. And you can hear the uh, Cambria Christian Church services here on, you know, I'm going to be embarrassed here, Sundays at 5 p.m.? 5 p.m. 5 p.m. I was wanting, I was questioning whether it's 5 or 5.30 at my mind, and I got it right. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, anyway, we will send you out as uh, we always do. Uh, again, Pastor Jeff, thanks for the time. Yes, thank you.